CFF presents 1% Better, a podcast about CrossFit, nutrition, coaching, mindset, and community. Join us as we embark in casual conversation to shed light on what life is like within these black and yellow walls. With episodes coming at you every Monday, you can follow along with Coach Whitney and Taryn as we talk shop about all things CFF. All right, episode 24. Hey, we're back on track. Finally. (laughs) It was a little rocky there, but that's okay. We're back on track. Thanks for being understanding to all our listeners. Yeah. (laughs) We just looked at the stats of our podcast. It keeps track of all our number of listeners and how many listens that we actually have. And we were just kind of blown away for for a second there. Yeah. We're almost at 3,000 plays. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Did you think that it was going to turn into this in April when we set out for just something to keep us occupied? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I was expecting people to be like, oh, you missed an episode this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just thought it was going to be there. That's just this thing. But now it's like this it's constant a, it's a thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we started it and we, we told somebody that, you know, we were mentor underneath. And uh, he was like, okay, well, congratulations for starting it. And now keep up with it because that's the part that people struggle with. And now we're 24 yeah. episodes in. So right back at, in your face there. <laughs> I think that was just like a piece of advice. Like, I know. Don't but stop, right? Well, you know, my personality, I, I, I take that as a challenge. Of course. Of course. All right. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about coach development. Yeah, we figured that's like that one was... one of my favorite things. I know that is one of your favorite things. That is a great strength of yours, and, and that's why we complement each other well, and our, our team is getting better as we go. Um, so we're choosing this to talk about this week because last week, or was it the week before? No, it was last week. No, it was last, last week, week, yeah. No, nope, week, week before. before. <laughs> oh my gosh, the days just blur together. Um, the you know, our, our members would have seen us sitting against the wall in some of their classes, just observing the class, and you know, part of our quest to keep getting better and better and give the best possible service for our clients so that we can better help change their lives. Cause ultimately that's what our goal is, Mm -hmm. what our vision is. Um, coach development is something that we have really seriously taken on in the last couple of months. Um, and I am very proud of just not how far we have come, but the plan we have set in place to continue to move forward with our staff. So you know, it's awesome that we can keep doing these things and, and everybody's all into it. And, and you know, we're, we're going to come out of this with the best product possible. So let's kind of, let's talk about that. Oh, Whitney just caught a fly in her hand and it escaped. It escaped. Two of them in here. Anyway, <laughs> um, I guess like to you as the owner, why is coach development so important? Well, That'd be my first I mean, question. first of all, our clients are depending on us. Yeah. I mean, they come in here to work out, but a, we need to make sure that we're keeping them safe. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is also effective so mm-hmm. that they continue to get better. Otherwise, why are we doing something? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and in that 10 years, the industry has changed and it just like any other industry and you have to be able to keep up with that yeah. simply just because you get your certification doesn't mean that you're in the now. In the now or in the no? In the no. In the no. Yeah. English language, not one of my strong points. (laughs) That's why I lift weights. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, just on that quest to, and I'm always going to bring it back to our vision is just 
to continue to help people and, and change their lives, that requires us to be on our A game at all times. And if we aren't, then our service is subpar and you know, you're not paying for what you deserve to be getting. And so that's a lot of pressure and heat on us and, and we have to be able to respond to that. And so, you know, knowing that I've put some pressure on my own staff to continue to keep up and, and let's do this together so that we know that every time we step out on the floor, those 15 people or whatever surrounding us are getting the best possible product they can. Yeah. And I think it's important too, because we've had a lot of people join us from other fitness backgrounds or doing stuff at home or just other places and they're seeking that coaching and we want to make sure that we're giving them that so that they understand what that looks like yeah what it's supposed to look like people don't know what they don't know for sure and that's one thing when they walk in here it's something that they don't know and then all of a sudden or maybe they think they know and then all of a sudden they see it in action and you know they're blown away you know it's pretty cool our, like our veterans have been around for a while. So, you know, changes that we make may not be as quite apparent to them mm-hmm. as where these brand new people that have come in in the last couple of months have really noticed it, yeah. you know, just depending on where they came from or what their sure. experience was, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, somebody said to me the other day in a goal review was like, we thought we were being coached, but now we know we're being coached. Yeah. And, and that, that was a cool comment. Um, that was a great piece of advice or not advice feedback. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so what does our coach development look like here? Well, we can take it right from the very beginning in sort of the onboarding of a new coach, Mm -hmm. you know, so not only the requirement of going to get your level one, but that process starts even before that happens. When we find somebody that's worthy of the position and that would fit within our dynamic and, and our vision, you know, we're going to pull them in and they're going to go through a sort of internship. And this internship is like introducing the methodologies of CrossFit, because if you don't understand what CrossFit is about and what the, you know, what the premise is of the program, it's pretty tough to coach it. And you don't understand that just by simply going through your level one book. Like you have to be immersed in the culture and the knowledge and, and be able then to apply that to your clientele. And so that begins through our internship program. Mm -hmm. So our internship program is two series of eight week programs. So the first is let's just introduce you to the methodology and how that applies. And we're going to teach you the very basic points of performance of the foundational movements. Um, we're going to talk about a few other things here and there. And then you go and get your level one, pass your test. Now you're certified. Well, that doesn't make you qualified to step onto the floor and start teaching people it does make you qualified. It does not make you a coach. Exactly. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that's a big, a big thing because yeah, you can step out on the floor once you have your level one, but that doesn't mean that you you're qualified. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so once they get their level one, then they can progress into our second eight week program of internship. And that's where, you know, we start at foundations. Can you handle the very basic onboarding of a new client one-on-one? And all of this starts out shadowed where you get to just, we immerse them into small parts of the group management and the class management and things like that. You know, it's, again, it's not just simply step out on the floor and all of a sudden you have all these tools in your, in your pocket. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, so new coaches, you know, they, they go through a shadow experience. They go through, can you deliver a whiteboard brief? Can you deliver a general warm up? And then can you deliver the actual specific specific warm up with all the technique teaching and the queuing? And then 
what happens when we say three, two, one, go, can you handle the next 15 minutes of that workout? And so once you've shadowed those pieces, you know, then you kind of get to taste each one of them separately. And then once we deem that you, you know, have have passed all the tests, basically, Mm -hmm. then you start out on your own, you're released into the fire. (laughs) And I'm really super excited about this because, you know, and I gotta, I gotta take this from a personal level. This is just a mature, the maturity of my own self as a business owner, Mm -hmm. you know, my prior, my prior methods of how I would onboard a new coach. I mean, you went through it. It was like, all right, you get your level one, you're going to do a couple of classes shadowing, and then I'm going to throw you in the fire because there's no better way to learn. And while I do believe that has its merits, you know, it hasn't always been my best approach. And so now that we over COVID has sat down and put this together, you know, it's pretty awesome to be watching it play out. And I think too, if you go back to you saying like understanding the CrossFit methodology, it's that, but also how we implement that in our gym here. Exactly. There is multiple ways you can do that. Um, but understanding how we approach it at CrossFit function and what that looks like and what that looks like for our members and how it's delivered is super important. And I think our internship program allows us to cover that like really well, as opposed to kind of as we used to do it, throw into the fire and learn it as you go kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Which is really cool. You know, and as we begin working with people through this process, they're, you know, the comment we have heard is like, wow, I can't believe how much actually goes on behind the scenes and how much is involved in this. It's so much more than I thought it was. Which is cool because that's how we want it to come off to our members. Yes. Right. Like now you can appreciate. It's like that performance. We've talked about it being like a performance. Like it needs to come off flawlessly, but that's it. It's not like that. (laughs) There's so much to it. Yeah. And I really wish the members could see that and and could understand that. But again, it's not something that necessarily interests them or is important to them. And that's okay. This is our job and this is what it requires. It's no different than, you know, sitting at an accounting job and you have all these requirements of the things that you need to be doing in order for you to perform your job. This is the exact same thing. Yeah. So, and that starts from the very beginning, even before you get your level one. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, it just gets a little bit more intricate and, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say complicated, but like, I actually, I'm going to say fun. It gets a lot more fun Mm -hmm. once you're in the middle of it. Well, because then it's like, you're, that's like where you start that deep dive into all of the coaching and movement stuff and and how to continuously be better and I think that's the part that I like I'm big into that yeah and I mean that's good it's a passion of yours right yeah for sure um so what does coach development look like for the coaches who have already gone through all of this process or the previous process. So I think first and foremost. Also, my coach development happened in your kitchen with your broomstick. <laughs> Just have to. And it wasn't me there. slashing her with it. No, but it was. Learn this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so now I think kind of like starting from the top and working our way down is I've really enjoyed this week so far sitting down with some of them and just just being like, why do you do this? Like, what is your why? What is your motive? What motivates you? And really finding out that stuff, you know, for a lot of people, coaching is a hobby and I'm trying to provide careers Mm -hmm. for my staff. And, uh, you know, that requires 
a different layer of why are you doing this other than you want a free gym membership, you know? Um, And that's the type of individuals that I want on my staff Mm -hmm. and as a part of our team. And so just finding out those whys and and that stuff has been enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily questions that I had asked in the past upon hiring people. And again, too, this is in due part to my own maturity as a business owner. Um, So that part I've enjoyed. And then just kind of working it down from there. And so as a group, we get together on a Sunday and we kind of talk about one element of that methodology. We talk about one element of practical application. So for example, um, you know, your two lines of athletes when we're teaching a barbell movement in our specific warm up and everything that goes into that and what ways we can improve that, sort of what things we've seen over the past couple of classes and how to make improvements on that part. Yeah. Um, you know, and then- like We honestly spent like- Two hours, like, two well, and a half hours like at once. Twenty time. minutes on a on where to stand to like be the most efficient in terms of your use of voice. Like we're getting into like some nitty gritty stuff that again our members would not take into account. Yeah, that would not even cross their mind. But yet, that is a huge aspect of an effective class. Is where, where you're standing, how you cover the floor, yeah, what your angles are. Yeah, like we. We dove deep into that one Sunday, like literally, where do you stand? Where do you stand if the garage doors are open and how to best project your voice that everybody can hear you? Like, it's not just a matter of walking in. We spent probably an hour, an hour and a half just on the whiteboard brief. The first three minutes of a class, the first three to five minutes, we spent an hour, an hour and a half just talking about that. Because it's so important. It's so important. Yeah. And again, something that probably the members stand there and are like, oh, why are they telling us about this workout? Like I can read, <laughs> but it's, it's not like that. It's there are that. so many elements that go into that first three minutes of your class that you don't even realize. And look, we just talked about it for 60 to 90 minutes in depth. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> we even stood up and we practiced, act, we practiced <laughs> yeah. you know, we went through the, the mechanics of that to make sure that we were covering all the points that needed to be covered and everybody was comfortable doing that. That was awesome. And you know what I had like an not even an aha moment, but like I I know how important the whiteboard brief is. But there was a workout this past week. I wanna I forget what one it was, but it was like the workout finished, and you realized you didn't direct anybody to exactly how much weight they needed on their bar. Like I didn't splurt out a number. It needs to be X amount of pounds. I didn't tell anybody exactly how many burpees they should be doing or exactly how far they ran, but because of the information I gave at the whiteboard, they could all make those choices. And it was exactly the workout played out for them exactly how it should have, which was really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. That's a great way. I, I love when those, those things happen. It's like, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody anything aside from this should feel like this, or this should look like this. And they can all make those judgments themselves. Intention. So good. <laughs> love when that happens doesn't ha- it there's times when it doesn't happen but more often than not it does and that's really cool and you know another part that comes up in those Sunday meetings is just like you know this happened in my class yes. what do you guys have any suggestions on how I could how I could have approached this differently or made this mm-hmm. better for this individual or xyz and 
together as a team, we sit there and we brainstorm, Mm -hmm. you know, things from our own repertoires to try and give them ideas or as a team, we try and tackle it together and and like, this is what we should do for next time when this situation Mm -hmm. arises. And, you know, again, just working as a team to try and put those stuff together so that when we walk out there, we're all on the same page on what's supposed to happen and how this is supposed to go. And that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And even when we're not together on a Sunday, we still always have that open line of communication, either it in our staff group chat, or we also have an online platform where we can communicate back and forth. It's like, hey, this came up. So it's not like we're waiting for that Sunday, but it's this ongoing communication. Yeah. And that ongoing communication, I mean, if we go down that route, that's important too, because Mm -hmm. within that online communication, we're talking about all the new members that joined within that week. And then we talk about the specific things about those members that the staff needs to know. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this person is waiting for shoulder surgery. And so they can do this, they can't do this. And we just need to watch for this. And so now the whole team is on board for Mm -hmm. the next time that individual steps into their class. Um, You know, we talk about bright spots of our members within our classes. So Mm -hmm. if I coached a class and, you know, somebody blew their 1000 meter out by a a minute, I'm going to post that in there so that the next time that person makes contact with another coach, excuse me, they can say, Hey, wow. You know, Taryn told me about that, this, this time you beat on your road, like awesome. That's so good. And now we've passed that information through all of us so that, you know, that can be a touch point. Um, again, too, there, there are so many layers to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And to be in the middle of it is, is only how you truly appreciate it. Yeah. I guess. Um, we've also implemented staff evaluations. Yeah. Which, which you kind of talked about on at the beginning of the episode, what does that look like and why are they important? And so we do staff evaluations now on a quarterly basis where, um, myself or the head coach will sit down, observe a class and, you know, we're watching for things like, so the very basic like skeleton of the class, your whiteboard brief, we're judging you on that. We're, we're not judging, but we're evaluating you on that. We're evaluating you on your general warm up. Does it cover the principles that a general warm up should? Um, your specific warm up, are you covering all the points of performance of the movements that you need to be teaching? Are you demoing them? Are you making your way around the class and making sure that everybody gets a teaching point or a correction or a, a, a like a a commend yeah. like they're being commended for the work that they're doing and are they um, in, and is it being delivered in the most effective way yeah what kind of cues are you using and and what is your sort of variance to those cues are you only teaching one way versus are you sort of you know covering many different ways in order to give cues and corrections mm-hmm. and then we're also evaluating you on how you run the actual workout and what it is that you're doing during there. If you're just standing around saying three, two, one, go, and then you just stand there and watch the class go versus are you in the nitty gritty of it, you know, walking around, making sure that you're giving out cues and fixing things as you see them happening, you are highly involved in that. Then, you know, those are some things that we're looking for. And then also what happens after the workout? You know, from 57 minutes to the 60th minute, what happens in that three minute cool down window? Are you keeping your class still engaged? And so, you know, then you kind of peel back the layers of onion. Like, what's the demeanor of your group? How are you handling that demeanor of the group? Mm -hmm. Are you bringing energy and excitement to your class or is the class boring and people are bored and they don't, they look like they don't want to be there. They're disinterested. 
And then how are you changing that? Are you even aware of that? You know, again, many different elements to what it requires for you to step on for it and give that performance. And then I think another one too is the timeline of the class. Yep. If you're on time, like where's that going? How are you adapting to that? Where are you going to make up time? But that one can be super stressful some days. <laughs> and again, too, probably another element that our members don't understand or realize is that each class has a timeline. It has it has a lesson plan. Yep. We don't walk in there without being prepared for it. Yep. And that timeline is super important. So when there's a time cap on a workout, it is there for a reason. It is not there because we're trying to be jerks so that you don't finish the workout. Yep. Like if you don't finish the workout, you miss the intention, yep. right? It's not, it doesn't have to do with us being a jerk. That timeline, that time cap is there for a reason. And everything that happens up until that three, two, one go yep. is so important to ensure that you don't hit that time cap. That time cap keeps us on track so that as a, from a business perspective, then the next class can begin on time, yeah. blah, 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 you know, that all of that stuff. So <laughs> I once heard that in my travels along the way, like time cap, ha, 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 like, no, that... <laughs> but <laughs> just leaves you speechless. I, I think we utilize the time cap for that kind of timeline reference but i also firmly believe if you're hitting that time cap you as a coach have done something wrong like you've missed that intention and that athlete was this is a whole other yeah, conversation <laughs> we could do it anyway <laughs> kind of got on time just there and so okay anyway back to the evaluation so and actually i had somebody come up to me while i was sitting there evaluating one of our staff members and they said to me like oh, is it coach report card day? And I was like, actually, yeah, it is. And they're like, that's awesome. Like, I'm happy to know that our coaches are being evaluated and working on getting better. And absolutely. And that I thought that was a great perspective or a great comment coming from one of the members yeah. because they were getting warmed up for the, their class while the class in mm -hmm. front of me was working out and they were observing what I were, was doing. Yeah. And, you know, they said to me, they're like, yeah, like I, I stand here and I'm warming up, but I'm watching what's happening. And it's funny just how much you see when you're on the outside, and I was like, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you see words on a whiteboard. Yeah. But it is so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And no. so now that we have these valuations in place, what happens after is we meet one-on-one, -on -one, you know, we discuss what went well. We talk about bright spots, like how they interpreted the class that they, they gave. We talk about the bright spots of the clients, the bright spots of themselves. We talk about what areas they think they need to improve and what areas I think they need to improve. And then we develop a plan in order to achieve that and work on that for the next time the evaluations come around and those points can be revisited again. Mm -hmm. And then we also take those points specifically because there will be some that overlap amongst the four of us. Yeah, and then say. we use that in our Sunday discussions to kind of guide that coach development session in terms of how we can tackle these things as a group. And so then it becomes just this cycle where, you know, we tackle it as a group, you get evaluated on your own, we bring it back to the group and it just goes back and forth. And so quarterly we'll do this. And then that's how we know that as a group, we are getting better. Yeah. That's cool. And I think it's important to note that all four of us are, are very different in our coaching styles, which we value. Um, but there are some core things that we all are on the same page about and that are priorities in terms of our class and how it's delivered. So that you're getting the same product no matter whose class you go to. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it is a product, right? Yeah. You're yeah. Although you're paying for a service, yeah. you're paying for the coach product, yes. right? Yeah. 
And we just want to make sure that we are giving you the best product. Yeah. And if we give you the best product, your progress will continue to happen. Yes. And I think too, we want to continue to give you the best product because it, it constantly evolves and we are constantly evolving and working to be get to be better. Like that is not, there is no end to that. Like it is a, a journey. So, and you evaluated me too. I did evaluate you. I evaluated you because that was part of a homework of another coaching course I'm doing on the side, but I did evaluate you. Okay. Tell me what you thought about my coaching. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Well, I, okay. okay. Tell me some things I did well. First of all, I just love watching classes. Like I will come early and I'll watch class all the time. Like I thoroughly enjoy that. And I did that back in my dance teaching days. I loved sitting in watching classes and picking up things. Oh boy. What was that? That was you. My earphones. Leaning into the mic. <laughs> Ooh, sorry listeners. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I find that's a great way to become a better coach is to sit in and watch other people's classes. And I have a hard time with that because like, obviously as the owner, yeah. When I'm in here working out, it's pretty hard for me to take my owner hat off. Like I'm watching all the time. So sure. yeah. I kind of feel no. like the opposite. Like I'm no. like, I wish I couldn't watch classes. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. But like, I like it because it's like, I think when I was watching your class the other day that you were mentioning, I picked up a few lines that I liked. I liked how you, um, shoot, I forget. I forget exactly what it was. It wasn't impactful, I guess. It, no, it was. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you said, but it was just like, oh, hey, that's cool. Or we talked about, um, Cause it was a huge class with lots of equipment and there was people way up at the front and there was people way back behind the rig. And it was just getting those touch points on those far end people. And I was like, Hey, if I ever have those people, I need to remember that I need to go back there. It was just that moment where I could sit back and watch and be like, Oh yeah, that that's an, not an issue, but it's like something to be mindful of when you've got um, a big class like that, like that group management thing, something you did well, um, lots of cues and corrections, verbal, visual. Yeah. You said I gave out like 35 cues and corrections 36. within the workout. Yeah. I counted them. So from the time That's I said three, two, one, go, um, I gave out 36 cues. I think it was for the whole class, which in my sort of coach development journey, I had a mentor say it should be three touch points per person in the class. So you had a class of 15, like Three per person would be like the ideal. So you had a class of 15. I think there was like 36. So I, I would say Nailed it. good. Yeah, right? <laughs> 45 would have been better. <laughs> oh, yeah, math. <laughs> I was like in my head. I'm like, yeah, I made it. No, nope, definitely did the math wrong on that one. But, but and, and again, I could have missed some. So yeah, like you were up there nice and high. If it had been like five, there would have been a problem. <laughs> um, so I think your corrections and stuff, um, your group management was good. Your timeline was good, I think. Yeah, I think that class I, I think that it. class was a good one. And I, I just asked this because I just wanted to show that, like, even myself, I still want to be evaluated too. Yeah. I want to know that what I'm doing is yeah. is good and meets our standards. Yeah, it and would like be we, odd for me to set the standard and not be of that standard myself. Yeah, and even just to have that conversation, like one, and we did, we had that conversation about those people in the back and, and you said, yeah, I was aware of them. I didn't like them back there. And and we had that kind of conversation with that. Um, yeah, it, it was a good class. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, 
I had a train of thought and now I lost it where I was going to go with that. Dang. Awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast. What is something that you feel that you could get better at? That as a coach? Yeah. Okay, well then start from the good stuff. What is something you think you you're, you feel you're very good at? I feel I am very good at the group management and like the atmosphere in my class. What's one thing you want to be better at? Oh, that's a tough one. There's like so many things. Can I say something that I used to want to be better at and that I've been working on? Yeah. Okay. Um, Seeing and correcting and giving cues, like that was always something that was high on my list. And I think I've spent a lot of time on that and that is a lot better. Um, You're supposed to say, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot better. It is a lot better. better. Well, it is way better. (laughs) Duh. And I I think that comes back to coaching. Like you are coaching for 60 minutes. Like you, when you say three, two, one, go, you don't stop coaching. And I know that I've done well at that specific task of seeing and correcting, especially during the workout. If the workout's done and I'm exhausted because yeah. I have been moving, like, yeah. and I feel like I have hustled and hustled and it's like, holy crap. Like that was tough. Like mentally exhausted is one thing. And definitely I would say if you're putting hundred percent in your class, and you finish that one 60 minute class, yeah. you are exhausted mentally. Yes. But Wednesday, when I'm coaching the 1K road day, oh, that, that was hard. Too. My shirt was drenched all throughout the day. Yeah. Because I'm hustling all around that room, giving all cues to people as they're going well, and like, moving and, and just, demoing and talking. But and the energy and intense yeah. intensity that I had to bring, like I damn near felt like I expended a thousand calories at the end of those couple of classes I coached just from my own demeanor within the class and what I was doing. Never mind the people that were sitting there and rowing a couple thousand K by the time they finished the class. <laughs> um, I think something that has come, not necessarily something I'm working on, but trying to be more creative with is ways to like modify stuff and um, give other sort of scaling options and also those who are injured finding creative ways to do that. Cause we do have a few members like who do require some of those modifications due to injuries and you don't want them doing the same old, same old all the time. Right. Cause that's boring. Yeah. You don't just resort to what you know. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to be creative there. Um, and you're a great resource for that. Like asking like, Hey, I've got this person in a cast, like what's something else I can do instead of always doing X, Y, Z which is nice. My favorite part of when someone comes with an injury and, and, and then I can just pull in my own background and I'm like, okay, let's do this for me, do this for me, do that. And like what I'm doing is I'm giving them tests, basically yeah. what I would do in a clinical atmosphere mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving them like, you know, a rotator cuff test. I'm giving them a couple tests that way. And then I can find out what muscle it is that is exactly causing them problems or whatever the yeah. problem is. And then I know just by order of association, what they can and can't do, and then can give them appropriate exercises to still accomplish what it is that we're trying to do. Um, that maybe is my favorite part of like scaling injuries and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. My second favorite part is trying to convince someone that they still have one good arm and two good legs, which I'm usually 99% successful at convincing them. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's a good line too, right? (laughs) You know, and I think that's the strength of ours as a, as a group is Mm -hmm. 
And that pulls back on our experience and how long we've been doing this and the thousands of people we have worked with mm-hmm. that, you know, we have this in our repertoire that we can pull from and draw from these experiences. You know, you guys as coaches have those touches of thousands and thousands of hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I have all of my own experience that I can pull from to then guide you guys. So I think that's something really great that we have going and we always continue to build too. And that comes back into our group communication and things that we do on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, like, all right, this person's come in and they've got this knee thing and I really don't know what's going on with their knee. And so then I'll ask a couple questions and I'll, I'll be like, okay, this is what we need to do. And, you know, to direct them around that. And then at least we have a list of things that will still help us accomplish what it is we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, I think even those that aren't injured, there are so many other um, ways to modify movements and we're good at being creative and yeah. seeking out resources, yep. other resources to find new ways to do a pull up. Like, and I, in the last month, I would say I've been on my athletes in my classes to pick something different. Like I'm giving you five scaling options. Do not always go do a banded pull up try something different, like try really tough ring rows. Cause those suck. Yeah. Those are hard. And part of it's neurological development Absolutely. from other stimulation, right? Absolutely. Like we yeah. have to be able to do other things to build those neural pathways, to build the strength that it is we're looking right. to build. And yeah. then down the line, that movement will come. Yeah. That's part of it. That's a hierarchy of development. And we're going to talk about that on another episode. We actually, we're going to talk about that today, but then we, we kind of went a different mind. direction. Went so different look for that one. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I think that Um, just constantly finding ways to keep our athletes engaged. And it's not only, let's take that from the other aspect now. So maybe this is another episode in and of itself, but people always deem scaling as the lesser than, but what about the more advanced athletes that Mm -hmm. need to be challenged in different ways as well? You know, and I've done that for myself when I jump in on the group classes that, okay, I know that I wrote this workout to be done at like a 65, 95 barbell. Mm -hmm. And that is what should get these guys the intention, but that's too easy for me. So I'm going to challenge myself in a different way or it's chest to bar pull-ups, but I might be able to do that. So now I'm going to do bar muscle ups or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just like that. Um, You know, you have to, as a coach, you have to have a skill set that is going to challenge those that are already at Mm-hmm. sort of the rx level I use yeah. that word loosely now um you know it, and I, i'll use double unders as the main example it's like mm-hmm. if you achieve double unders well what's next yeah. right like if you get double single double single well there is a what's next it's yeah. double unders consecutively but then what happens when you have seven athletes in your class and five of them all have double unders mm-hmm. how are you going to challenge them in a new way again there's another layer of the onion of coaching that part of looking at the roster of your class before you start is understanding the skill level of the clients that are going to be in front of you and what you're going to have to do to change things up Mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody gets out of the class, what it is that they need. And so what would you do differently to change those double unders to challenge those five more advanced people, but yet still let, excuse me, still let the two newer athletes develop their skill as well. Yeah. Yeah. Scaling goes both ways. For sure. hundred percent. So does that mean we got to start working on triple lenders? <laughs> hey, we should do that one. Well, no, I mean, my first re- automatic right away is like, okay, well, just because you have double unders, how many can you do in a row? Yeah. And how many can you do in a row consistently? Yeah. Like, I know if I step out there, I can do 50 unbroken, no problem. Yeah. But I know that if I try and do 60, 65, 75, that's impossible. My endurance and stamina really struggles with that. Mm-hmm. So that was where I would challenge myself or an athlete of the same capability. If somebody's standing in front of me and like they can get 10, but they trip up at 15 or their endurance can't handle anything past that. 
well, let's develop that skill and that stamina so that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, we can always get better. It's not just the skill itself. It's like, how is that skill applied Mm -hmm. or executed rather is a better word. Nice. Good. Um, so we talked about sort of what happens coach development wise within the gym, like when we're together and stuff, but, um, what sort of things happen on our own time? And so, all right, no, because this can go, this can go many different ways, right? People take their job. Some people will take their job as it's a job from nine to five and anything outside of nine to five is your own time and doesn't matter. Isn't, you know, whatever, what am I trying to say? It's like all their work requires is nine to five. And that is the only time window they will apply themselves to that job. But a super motivated individual who is passionate about what they it is that they are doing will use the time available to them, and that is all times of the day, to better hone in their craft. Mm-hmm. And so that looks like different things from us as coaches. So A, it's like, when is the last time you picked up your level one book? Last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, prior to us not prior to us really putting a huge focus, actually, I'm going to back it up even more prior to you getting into it as much as you were and putting the pressure on me to help you develop yourself. Mm-hmm. I hadn't picked up my level one or since I needed it for my level two, which is three, four years ago. Yeah. And like I pulled it off the bookshelf. It was covered in dust. Yeah. It's outdated. <laughs> and, it's, and it's 10 years outdated. <laughs> so again, going back to this industry yeah. evolves, Evolving. I have yeah. a 10 year old level one manual. Yeah. Our books aren't even a lot no it's actually 12 years old yeah our level twos aren't even the same and my level two isn't even the same of what's out there now so that would be my first thing is like when is the last time you actually read through your level one start to finish when is the last time you actually read through the methodology stuff Mm -hmm. because i mean that was the very first thing we talked about is that if you don't understand the things that you're doing and the way it applies to the individual standing in front of you you shouldn't be there And then, then when is the last time you checked the points of performance on the movements and, and correlated to that, what you're actually delivering? Are you just reading the lesson plan start to finish? Or are you actually understanding the information that you're now delivering to the people in front of you? Yeah. And like, do you know what that looks like? Do you know what what it looks like? Do you know how to fix it? Yeah, exactly. And do you have like five cues to fix it? Because one cue will not work for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And then that one cue or those, that list of five cues, can you deliver those five cues in three different ways exactly. each? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's my first thing. And then my second thing is like, there are all kinds of resources out there on the internet. The internet is a vast place. Mm-hmm. And if you are truly invested in it, what you're doing and you want this to be your career and not a hobby, you're going to seek those resources out because you're passionate about learning about it. You're passionate about changing people's lives because this information definitely can help you do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, myself, I've always been head down in the CrossFit world. I, I mean, and I pulled this back into a story from maybe when you're getting to know me or the coaching episode is like when I first found CrossFit that morning, when I did Fran that night, or probably even within an hour of going home, I sat in my room for like three days on my computer, downloading every single article out of the journal and reading it and watching every single video they had on the journal. Like my world went nothing but dark for CrossFit. Like I was so into it. And when I went to study for my level three, 
I hadn't read some of those articles since that very first day. Yeah. You know, so again, just like there is information out of the earth. The CrossFit Journal is one of the most elaborate resources yeah. there is. And not even just from a coach perspective, but like I wasn't a coach at the time. I just was super interested in CrossFit. This mm-hmm. thing was changing my life. And I wanted the inf- as much information as I could get. So even to our members and our listeners, like go to the CrossFit Journal, just start reading. Like yeah. there's so much great information on the methodology that you are a part of mm-hmm. and to understand how it is actually directly impacting you. Yeah. Um, you know, and then aside from actual HQ stuff, there are many seminar staff that are putting out their own resources, mm-hmm. you know, that we have divulged into and, and digested as much as we could because if you're not learning from those individuals that are the best at the craft how are you going to get better and there's no one better to get it from than somebody who already understands it and already practices it you know and for a long time my staff has looked up to me and that's fine like you know this is the page we want everybody Mm -hmm. to be on but at some point like you know i'm taking information from other individuals you guys need to be doing that same thing too And I mean, you want to be part of the seminar stuff. That's your goal. So the best thing you can do is learn from those people. And so just listening to different podcasts, websites, we're part of a mentorship group of seminar staff, like just trying to get as much information as we can to, again, better hone our craft and deliver the best possible product to our members. So there is a lot of work and time and consumption of information that goes into it. The program, the workouts that are programmed are simply not pulled out of a hat. Like there is so much that is put into that. And if you don't understand that, you're putting your members at risk. So simple things like that, like, holy, I could go on and on and on. I'm getting a little (laughs) fired up here. Clearly I'm passionate about what I do. Yes, of course. (laughs) No, it's not a show up and read the whiteboard kind of gig. Well, it can be. It can be. It's not what I'm looking for. Yes. That's not what our team is built on because that type of approach isn't going to help our overall vision. Mm-hmm. And like I've said numerous times over the past couple of episodes, we're all about that vision right now. Yeah. Does that fire you up? Yeah. Good. Cause that's the type of people I want on my team that stuff like that fires them up. Like, <laughs> no, but it's true. No, I know. Yep. No, this, I think it's just that pursuit to constantly be better and be the best that you can be mediocrity isn't good enough no yeah if you're doing something to have fun like if you're doing this to have fun if you're doing this as a hobby if this isn't something that you truly pour yourself fully into and now you're working with the general public Mm -hmm. you're putting them at risk These people come into your building and they put their trust in you that you are going to look after them. And that I use that as a blanket statement for many different things. They're trusting you for their mental health. They're trusting you for their physical health. Is the information that you're going to deliver to them going to give them the best possible next hour, not only of their day, but like for them physically, mentally, for their well-being, for their health? Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting because... They're investing in their themselves when they sign up to come here, but they're also investing in us. Absolutely. To take them there. Absolutely. Right. And you know what? I was I was part of this conversation on during my my summit last weekend right. is that 
people will come in to your no sweat intros with baggage Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, some other gym or some other person or some other trainer or whatever did them wrong. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that story went on and on for many different avenues of what that meant. But that line at the beginning was just like, that person went into some place and put their trust in that person and that person couldn't deliver to them what they needed. And now they have broken trust. Our business is about relationships. Mm -hmm. That first connection of trust establishes everything that happens thereafter. And they're trusting you to deliver the best possible product that you can give them. And it just, and again, maybe because I'm so passionate to me about it, it, it bothers me when people don't take it as seriously as it needs to be taken. Mm-hmm. It used to bother me a long time ago that personal trainer certificates were given out in basically cereal boxes. <laughs> but that's really what it was. It really didn't require, and that's because I was coming from a university degree. Right. I yeah. saw myself as superior, sure. my education superior, blah, blah, blah. But that, And that's ultimately what it was. Yeah. But now that I'm more, more mature about our, pro, our program and this business and what it is that we're doing and the lives that we have changed in the process, it what bothers me now is the attempt of the motive behind why those people are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you truly care that you're, you're in a position to influence people the way that you can? And how seriously do you take that? Damn, this got deep, but that's the truth. I walk out there and the people that I talk to, you know, on a daily basis and no sweat intros, goal reviews, just general conversations passing in and out of the door. We are in a very influential position and a very, and a leadership role. And if you don't take that seriously, you can do some serious damage the other way. Yeah. I'll step off my soapbox now. Say, is this like mic drop now? <laughs> Taryn's gospel hour. Oh, we already had one of those. It's time for another one, I guess. I hope that by the end of this, you know, our listeners that who are our members truly understand all of the different elements that go into how prepared and then how we execute that simple 60 minutes that they feel they just walk in, warm up, work out, get a little bit better and leave, you know, out of those five things that happen, all the preparation that goes into that 60 minutes. Yep. It's a lot. It is a lot, but it's awesome. I love it. It makes me proud though, you know, Mm -hmm. and all the little moments that are, that make it all worth it. Even the bad stuff, like, you know, the people that are upset that they didn't PR, like just being able to find the good stuff for them. Like I'm good with that. Changing people's lives. Are we changing the name of our podcast to that? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) We change people's lives by making them 1% better. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else to say about coach development or what we as coaches do here? I think we covered it all, but I will open this one to the table to our listeners that um, post some questions. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Like I want to know what you think about, or I want to know what, I want to know what your perception was of what your coaches did prior to um, or during your class. Is it or during? Cause I want to know what your perception is. And uh, I also, any other questions, like just about our preparation or what goes into that or, or even the evaluation process. Um, I want to know if you noticed us sitting there evaluating. I think I could conduct a class that would keep everyone's attention on me and not notice someone sitting against the wall. I'm going to put that out there. 
Well, challenge, challenge accepted. <laughs> Guys, I'll be sitting against the wall on Thursday. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. Okay, so you know how to contact us. Reach out on socials. Um, send us an email. Send us a message. Whatever. We want to hear from you. Again, thank you for listening. There's been so many great comments in the last little bit that have just blown us away. Um, you know, we're almost at 3,000 plays. That's huge for something that turned out just to keep us occupied over COVID. Is has been really beneficial to um, not only our listeners, but ourselves too. Yep. I know, I don't know about you, but I enjoy these little chats that actually happen on Sunday, but get posted on Monday. <laughs> hey, but that's going to change soon. Yeah. It won't be Sunday gospel anymore. No. It'll be midweek gospel. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode 24, Coach Development at CFF. <laughs>